0: What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Cece, and I'm back with another episode of 21st Century Cripple. It's Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I say Thursday like that because when do I ever record on a Thursday, right? But uh, 21st Century Cripple is about to have some schedule changes because your girl is employable now, I have a job, and... For that reason, we are going to be talking about accommodations today and accommodations in the workplace and what accommodations and accessibility means to disabled people and what that should mean to you as an employer and what that should mean to you just as a person trying to understand what accessibility and accommodations mean. Um, as disabled people, we know what it means, but I'm going to break it down um, because I think a lot of people have a misconception when we're asking for accommodation, we're asking for handouts or making a demand. And that's not it at all. So I'm going to break down accommodations and how they can be more readily available in the workplace. We're going to break down some of the loopholes in the ADA today. But I am so happy, so blessed, so elated, so grateful to be here with you guys today. I have had a life change literally within a matter of a week. I'm grateful and I'm happy and I can't wait to see uh, where this opportunity takes me. So thank you guys for tuning in to 21st Century Cripple. Make sure that you order your stickers off of my Etsy shop on 21st Century Cripple on Instagram and also on Twitter. So thank you guys for tuning in to 21st Century Cripple. This is Cece and this is Accommodate Me, America. What's up, y'all? I'm so happy to be back with you guys. I have had a hell of a week, a happy week. I'm proud of myself. I'm elated. I feel blessed, grateful, all the above. Um, and I hope all of you feel the same, and I hope I can pass my positive energy on to you, whatever kind of day you're having. I hope you feel some peace and solace within this podcast today, listening to my voice. Uh, if it helps you in any way, I'm glad it does, and you're welcome. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in to 21st Century Cripple. Make sure you're following on Instagram and Twitter. And please, if you use 21st Century Cripple on any of your captions or referring to yourself, please Use the hashtag or tag me so the podcast can get the attention that it deserves because that's where 21st Century Cripple came from. It came from my mouth, my brain. I conceptualized it. So when you use 21st Century Cripple, please be aware that it's someone's business, and I worked very hard to make that my name and brand, so make sure you're just giving credit when it's due, when you use it, please, because um, I'm grateful, and I want all of you to refer to yourself as 21st Century Cripple, but we got to help each other along the way. Tag your girl. Make sure people listen to the podcast, and make sure we we get our problems out there, so I wanted to start off with that, but also, I just wanted to say how grateful I am and how it's crazy that life can change so fast for you in such a positive way. Um, If you've been with me with this podcast from the very beginning when I started it back in 2019, I have had a hell of a time since 2019. And I feel like I've grown so much, especially at this particular point, I never would have thought that, um, you know, in 2021, I would be driving a car, let alone having a job, like a big girl job that I'm going to be able to keep and live off of. So this is, you know, I never would have thought that this was what God had in the plans for me, but sometimes you just got to let it roll and, you know, go wherever the wind takes you. And, um, I was talking to my best friend yesterday and it's like, whatever plans you think you have, God's just going to laugh at your face as he unfolds the new ones. So I'm extremely grateful and blessed and I hope you guys stick with me through this journey and um, allow me to grow with you because when I tell you I have grown since the start of this podcast and I was thinking that I would never was never going to get to be independent and know what it was like to even take myself to the store and now I run 50 million errands a day. So it's crazy how life changed and it's all a matter of perspective and staying humble and staying grateful and knowing that None of this would be possible without my family and my friends and the support that I get from them um, to allow me to make myself better because now I'm in a position where I can do for myself. So everyone, family, friends, if you've helped me along the way, ordered stickers, listened to my podcast, supported me. Um, I love you for real thank you so much. So I just though that's I just had to start the podcast off with my gratitude and appreciation for life cuz I feel like that energy is needed when I'm talking about, you know, where your life is going. And with that being said, when when disabled people are speaking of accommodations, I have only had access to discrimination in the academic world. When I was in college in undergrad, I experienced so much ableism, so, many, so much discrimination, so much just outright ignorance and people being rude and mean to me, whether it was professors, whether it was students. Um, I I went through a lot. I thought I went through a lot in high school with the bullying. Um, but in, in college, when you're in a professional somewhat environment and teachers are belittling you, grown men are following you on campus because they think that you're drunk, that's not safe or cool. Um and, you know, you just get ridiculed in the work environment, it causes you to, or the school environment, I'm sorry, it causes you to think differently about, you know, how the world perceives you. So, with that perception on my brain, and because every time I have applied to jobs thus far, I haven't never gotten to the second interview, I never got to the first interview. Um. So, this job, the fact that they had a disability incentive, and they had a they had a goal to meet 7% disability employment within the company. Once I get comfortable with this company, y'all, I'm going to ask them why is it 7% and not 15 or 20? Because disabled people are just as capable of doing the work. We just need to be given the opportunity to do so. Um, You know, everybody needs a, a bachelor's degree nowadays. Everyone keeps saying that a bachelor's degree is the equivalent of a high school diploma. But don't listen to the (laughs) hoo-ha. Get a bachelor's degree at the very least so you can be employable to these companies when that's the bare minimum that they're asking for is a bachelor's degree and your experience and how you network and market yourself can take you the rest of the way. So don't count yourself out. Um, I experienced a lot of ableism and discrimination when I was going to college, but it did not stop me. I still graduated on time when I was supposed to, regardless of everything I went through at Texas State. Um... But I wanted to just break down what accommodations and accessibility means because I feel like whether it's a business perspective or lens that is listening to the word accommodation, they feel like it either comes with threat of being sued or you just fear of ignorance itself really because you don't really know how to ask an employer what accommodations they need when you're legally not supposed to acknowledge their disability to begin with. So, but I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, I also want to reiterate to y'all, it's very important that the ADA, the Americans Disabilities Act, is not the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. The ADA is actually a subsection of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. So if you want to know what goes like what goes on in the world of disability civil rights and politics, until the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 you could say we barely had any rights as a person. Um, Everybody is concerned now of conservatorships because of Britney Spears. Disabled people have been forced under conservatorships for decades and centuries and forced into, you know, death, exile, or Willowbrook Horror House, like I spoke in the beginning of my podcast all that time ago. Um, But until 1973, disabled people didn't even have basic rights to be able to handle their own money or monetary things by themselves or have rights in the workplace so we have everything that we do have even if it is limited because of the rehabilitation act of 1973 and the ada is a provision under the rehabilitation act of 1973 so i wanted to reiterate that at um first things first. So the ADA kicks in officially with an employer, with a company, when there are 15 disabled employees working in your company. So if you are a small company or a small business, legally speaking, if you don't have 15 employees, disabled employees, you don't have to enact ADA requirements. Just because you don't have to doesn't mean you should, you shouldn't. Um, you're gonna have disabled customers, you're gonna have disabled clientele, and just because you're not legally required to do something, I don't think that that should bar you from doing it. I think that's what stops a lot of disabled people from having opportunities and getting their foot in the door for jobs, because if companies are just dangling, dangling that over their forehead, they're not really gonna market out for disabled employers to apply for these jobs. But I'm telling you, as a disabled person, if you're listening to this and you have a resume and you're qualified, apply for that damn job, you can do it, don't be afraid to check off your disability when you're doing your application, Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys, when I was doing my application for this job that I just recently got, I had a moment of anxiety, and it made me literally emotional, I had to talk about it for a second with my mom and cry about it, because when I got to the disability disclosure, actually for a quick second, I almost did not disclose that I had cerebral palsy. And then I was like, wait a minute, girl. What are you doing? You're building your whole brand off the fact that you're proud to have cerebral palsy. It makes you who you are. It doesn't prevent you from being successful. What are you doing even thinking about not selecting cerebral palsy? Because there is a box. There is a box for cerebral palsy. Um, and it's up It's up there with, like, epilepsy, cancer, asthma, major arthritis, I think, um, and other mental health disorders, there was a whole list that you can choose from of your disability. But from my previous experience, every time I checked off cerebral palsy, I have never been called back. Um, This is the first that have called me back and the first that saw my potential um, through my resume and called me back. And I actually flipped it in in the interview and used my disability to my asset to it was something that empowered me, something that made me more adaptable, more reliable. Because once you hire me and you give me benefits and you give me a reason to stay at this company, I ain't going nowhere. Because Medicaid and my other options are not as fruitful as this. So why would you go somewhere? So um, I want to reiterate to y'all that 59% of businesses reported zero cost, zero cost when they had to accommodate their disabled employees, and if they did have a cost, that cost was $500 max. So for $500, you can accommodate your disabled employees, have a more inclusive, diverse working environment where your your employers are satisfied. And surprise, surprise, research shows that when you meet people demands, employee morale is met, which means productivity for your company increases. So accommodating me as a disabled employer isn't just going to benefit me so I can do the job, it's going to benefit you because I feel safe, heard, and seen in my company so I'm going to do my work to the fullest, which means higher productivity value for the company. So there is no lose situation when you accommodate these individuals. I just think the fear comes from ignorance itself because a lot of times we're conditioned as a society to not stare even though everybody stares and not ask a person what's wrong with them Um, and not necessarily what's wrong with them but you know what disability do you have you know what is your disability what is your condition there are different ways to phrase that sentence but at the end of the day I think whether it's fear of being deemed as ignorant or not wanting to offend I think other people just they just don't think about it but not thinking about it kind of puts us in, in a hole too because you're completely devaluating our view of the world because you just much rather not think about it because it makes you uncomfortable. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing uncomfortable about disability, it's perfectly okay. I'm telling you from a disabled person's perspective that I've had children follow me around in stores and old people and creepy people like, what's wrong with your legs? I would <laughs> I would much rather prefer a person just genuinely ask me Hi. Um I saw that you're suffering from a disability. What is it? I will answer that question and I will not be angry or ashamed or mad. Um not every person, not every disabled person wants to do so and they have that right. But, you know, some people are friendly with it. You just got to take that gamble and try. Um the Department of Labor only requires minimal uh, minimal basic things from businesses to meet accommodations for disabled individuals and those are parking near entrance so we've all seen the handicap parking um, there has to be no steps or abrupt changes there has to be ramps with guard and 36 inches a 36 wide door entrance and a 54 inch elevator entrance now let me tell you all something those are very basic very basic requirements and even then, those basic requirements are just barely met by most of the companies in the United States. So if if you have a disabled parking, it's probably two or three slots right in the front. Um, there is always an abrupt step. There's never a ramp. And if there is a ramp, it's like 20 feet from where I need to be. So y'all need to work on that. Um, ramps with guardrails. At Texas State, there were a whole bunch of ramps with guardrails, but if you pulled or grabbed onto the guardrail in any way, it wasn't bolted down. So it moved when you moved. That's not safe. I actually fell holding onto a guardrail when that hoe was supposed to hold me up. (laughs) So when when these basic needs are not even being met and... For the most part, disabled people, we really don't have the time to go for a lawsuit to make a big deal out of things. We just kind of brush it off and say, oh, well, another thing that doesn't work for us when it's supposed to. But that's not how it's supposed to be. These things are supposed to be in place to make our lives easier. And they're not. I, If you ever went anywhere in downtown, anywhere in any city, it was not handicap accessible. There were ramps. There were curbs. There was no room for wheelchairs. Restaurants were too narrow. Like, not, none of the, no places as a social being, let alone an, uh, a business building, barely ha- meets the requirements within itself for the ADA. And then the the limit of the 15 employee employers really kind of is the loophole within itself, because if a company doesn't hire 15 employees, they don't have to enact all of these changes. Um, but I want to tell you guys some of, Most of the disabled person's needs are, we're not asking for handouts. We're not asking to be fed grapes and given foot massages while we're at work. We're literally asking for a more flexible schedule so we can go to our doctor's appointments. The ability to telecommunicate, which we have seen through COVID and through 2020, that that is perfectly capable um, able-bodied individuals for big tycoon companies have been working from home all of 2019, 2020, and 2021. That has that has been all disabled people have been asking for for about 30 years now. The ability to telecommunicate and work from home, a flexible schedule, um, a reconstructed workplace. Meaning, if I was in a wheelchair or I did have a wheelchair, that my workplace would be accessible to me. Um, I I haven't been in the office just yet. That will come later, but Um, I know from my school experience, there were plenty of individuals that had muscular dystrophy or were in wheelchairs, and they could barely make it inside the room of the campus door, let alone find somewhere to sit in the narrow, small classrooms. That's a violation of the ADA. That's a violation of that person's rights. I can't even tell y'all how many times me, Cece, with cerebral palsy and a cane and a limp, sat on the floor of my classroom because nobody got up to let me sit down. The classrooms were too packed and I was sitting on the floor. That happened to me multiple times when I was in college. So even though these laws are in place, doesn't mean that institutions are following them or enacting them, and it's up to us, the people that are being let down by these rules, to bring that to people's attention. And I wanna say this again, asking for accommodation is not a demand, it's your human right. We cannot help that we are disabled, the world was not set up with us in mind, so we have to make them think of us when they build architecture like architecture, structure, businesses. When they when they structure these things, when they recruit for disability, they need to have us in mind. Otherwise, if you don't have a dis- disabled person telling you their perspective, everyone's going to just think narrowly or very general about what disability is when actually it's it's pretty complex. And every case of even cerebral palsy is different from one another. But our overall needs are basically... Flexible schedule, ability to telecommunicate, and a restructured workplace. COVID-19 has shown us that this is 100,000% possible for able-bodied employees. So why can't that same courtesy be given to disabled employees 24-7? Past the pandemic and into the future, why can't everything that we've been shown in 2020 that's fully possible be carried on into the future? Um, Title III under the Rehabilitation Act and under the ADA, provides accommodations for the public. So if you are a business and you're listening to this and you want to make sure that you are up to par, it is Title III of the American Disabilities Act under the ADA section. Title III provides accommodations for the public, which is office buildings, factories, and warehouses. Again, guys, these provisions, these laws, they are written that doesn't mean that they aren't being followed. That doesn't mean if you don't have 15 people working for your company that are disabled, you don't have to enact these rules. But what if you have eight and those eight people's needs aren't being met? That's a problem because that's eight people's needs, salaries, demands, life that you're saying doesn't matter. You're just going to brush them off for the better needs of the company. So Title Three, if you're a business and you're trying to see if you're if your business is accommodable. Um, title One of the ADA handles making s- facilities accessible. So if you're wondering, what the heck do I do? How do I accommodate my disabled employer? Title One of the ADA handles that for you. Um, a lot of the language within the ADA says, If an accommodation requires undue hardship on a business, then they don't have to accommodate. The definition of undue hardship is an accommodation would be unduly costly, expensive, substantial, or disruptive to fundamentally altering the nature of the operation. I just explained to you all not even five minutes ago. That 59% of companies explained that the accommodations that were made were less than $500. That doesn't sound like an undue hardship to me. That just sounds like laziness to do what's right. Um, but at the on the other hand, it is unlawful for an employer to ask an employee the nature of the disability. If we check it off on our application, that is one thing. But we cannot be in the workplace and your boss cannot come up to you and ask you whether or not you're stage four cancer or whether or not you you have cerebral palsy. That is illegal and lawful. And if anyone's ever done that to you, go to HR. Um, and again, the ADA is not the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. The Rehabilitation Act of 1973 covers discrimination by the government and the ADA uh, kind of breaks it down into the working world and the working environment, the social world, if you should say. Um, the ADA is based in Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act. Um, and the language is written. If any individual has an impairment that substantially limits a major life activity, they are protected under the ADA. So, whether you have a physical disability, whether you have a mental disability, if it substantially limits your major life activity, you are a disabled person, and you are entitled to these rights. Um, and if you are giving the same these same um, comforts to your able-bodied employees, accommodations should be m- made for the Like accommodations need to be made for everyone. So if you're giving special treatment to your able-bodied workers, it needs to be handled on and dwindled on down to your disabled workers workers as well. Um, accommodations shouldn't be um shouldn't be glossed over, it shouldn't be generalized. They should be made by the request of the worker. It's a case-by-case basis. Do not assume that accommodations are blanket. Like I gave an accommodation to this one guy, so that should be okay for this lady. Um If you are disabled and you are applying for these jobs and you need accommodations, the accommodation needs to be spoken of, requested by you. Do not assume that these companies know how to accommodate you and know how to meet your needs. Closed mouths don't get fed. And we have to speak up for what we need in this world, especially in the working world, so we can become sustainable forces within the working industry and show that we are worth capital and we are worth the money that you're putting into us. Um, Accommodations are a case-by-case basis. If you need to sit down every 20 minutes, ask for that. If you need a stool or if you need to step outside to check your blood sugar, whatever you may need, whatever your disability, you have that right to ask your employer for that time. And mind you, less than 59% of companies said that the cost of accommodations was less than $500. So don't feel guilty like what you're asking for is going to put the company in a hole. It's not. It's not expensive to give people what they need. Um especially in the working environment. If you need an interpreter, if you need a sign language interpreter, you need Braille or things like that, that should be things that are paid for within the company because it's how you communicate with one another. Um, and if that's what you need, that's what you need. And it it is totally within your legal right to ask. Um, and if you're giving... Um, so cafeterias need to be handicapped, accessible lounges, auditoriums, company-provided transportation and counseling services all need to be geared towards the ADA. It shouldn't just be accessible for able-bodied individuals. It should be accessible for everyone. So if you're doing counseling services, make sure you have a rehabilitation counselor um, that can handle everything that a disabled individual because we have a different set of needs Um And sometimes our diagnosis is kind of coupled with our depression and anxiety. So if you have a rehabilitation counselor on hand in your company, that would really help the disabled mental health population, but also company-provided transportation. That's really important with disabled employers because, you know, up until this year, up until 2021, up until my 26, I wasn't able to take myself anywhere, and I wasn't employable in places because I didn't have a car, and I couldn't drive the, community, uh, the company transportation um, because it wasn't made with hand controls. Um, if you think about it, if you really think about it, all of the companies that have some sort of transportation should have at least one or two modified vehicles so disabled employers can have that opportunity to work. So if if these rights are given to able-bodied employees, they need to also be given to disabled employees. We are valuable in the workplace, we are reputable in the workplace and when you you'll find when you meet a com- when you meet an employee's needs, they're going to stay with the company. When they feel heard and validated by their company and they're able to take off for their doctor's appointments and they have the health insurance that they need, Why would they leave the company? Oftentimes, people leave companies because they're not feeling heard, they're feeling overworked, um, stressed out, burnt out, or they don't have benefits at all. So imagine if you were that company that took that extra step to meet the needs of your employer, understood that every cerebral palsy is different, every um, dyslexia is different, every muscular dystrophy like autism every diagnosis that you could think of is different it's a case-by-case basis and you cannot judge a person when they check off cerebral palsy or epilepsy or cancer survivor on their work application you can't pigeonhole into what you think that looks like because I promise you they're going to prove you wrong so (coughs) excuse me so please make sure that you guys are, are understanding that when we're asking for accommodations, we're not asking for handouts. We're just asking for the working world to be more accessible to me. Yes, I would like a parking spot in the front, not because I want special treatment, because it's hard for me to get out of, in and out of my car and walk to the front of the building. And also for safety purposes for disabled people, if we move a little bit slower, it's probably safer to have um, parking right in the front of the building. So it's it's just little things, I think, that we're scared to ask for as employers because we think that we're going to be asking for too much. We shouldn't. It's our right as employers. They saw the value in us, and we are employed with that company, and that company has an obligation to provide what we need so we can provide that service to them, what they hired us for. We're fully capable, but if we're not getting our needs met and we're feeling ignored, we're going to ignore you all too and probably go on to the next job. So it's important to feel um, to feel validated and seen by the company that you're hired for, but it's also important on the hands of the disabled person to not look at your disability as an ailment. Look at it as something that gives you strength. You're disabled, but you can still adapt in situations. You know how to be personable. You know how to work under pressure. You know how to work under pain. So you you have a lot more to offer the, the workplace than I think an able-bodied person would, and I think we need to give ourselves more credit as a disabled population, um, but I really think that we are counting ourselves out before we even get in the door, Um, and I'm realizing that as I'm transitioning into, I'm leaving grad school behind for a little bit, and I'm going into the working world to see what that has to offer me, because I was given this opportunity, and I surprised myself when I used my cerebral palsy as my strength instead of my weakness. Um, This is the first time in my life I've ever been able to apply that to a job application, and I felt grateful. Um, These people hopefully... Are listening to my podcast This company that I'm hired with They asked me about my podcast They asked me the name of it Which means it intrigued them And that was the point And I'm so grateful But I'm hoping, you know You're listening as a future employer That um, disabled individuals are valuable We're worth it in the workplace We deserve a livable wage And we deserve to have, you know Disposable income and healthcare And all the things that we need in life um, We are—we too are worthy <laughs> And we have a strong work work. Ethic, and we just need to be given the opportunity, and not be um, not taken down by assumptions or ignorance of you know what disability may mean to you or to me. So I just wanted to talk about that today. Um, a pretty short episode, thirty minutes, keeping it short and sweet for you guys. But um, don't be scared to ask for your accommodations. It is not a demand; it's a right. It is your human right. Um, if you are an employer, I implore you. To look up the Dis- the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, look up everything that the ADA does for us and how you can work it better into your company. Um, you know, when you're recruiting, when you're recruiting for disabled individuals, use disability inclusion statements in your job advertisements so we know that our disabled perspective will be valued within your company. Post job openings on disabled orientated websites so we, we can have the opportunity to, the, to these high paying jobs with benefits. Post your jobs that would be disabled friendly on these job sites. Um, Attend disabled-focused job fairs. So you'll never know who you might meet at these job fairs and how many disabled people are ready and willing to work if you don't show up as a company to these uh, recruiting fairs and see what they have to offer. Um, And also, last but not least, just educate your employee, um, employers, whether you're the big boss, the big honcho, the person that does the hiring, or you're like low at the totem pole of the company, your perspective matters. So educate your employers about inclusivity, about disability, about not being ignorant towards the disabled person. Don't think of them as any intellectually less than you because they're disabled. Um, treat us like people. I can't believe I have to say that, but I'll say it again and again. Um, We deserve a working wage. We deserve health care. And I'm going to prove to the world that disabled people have something great to give. And it starts with 21st century cripple and this job, and it's only going to go up from here. So thank you guys for listening this week. This is 21st Century Cripple. Accommodate me, America, and make sure y'all order your stickers from Etsy and follow 21st Century Cripple on Instagram, 21st Century Cripple, and 21st Century Cripple on Instagram. Stay blessed, y'all. I'll talk to you in October, officially spooky season. Stay safe, y'all.